Support for WERU comes from Peace Action Maine, hosting their annual Peace Supper featuring Medea Benjamin, co-founder of Code Pink, and the international human rights organization Global Exchange. Saturday, May 7th at 4 p.m. at the Woodford's Congregational Church, 202 Woodford Street, Portland. Reservations at 772-0680. More information at www.peaceactionme.org. And the time is just about one minute before 10 o'clock. This is Community Radio, WERU-FM, 89.9 Blue Hill, 99.9 Bangor, and streaming live on the web at weru.org. Stay tuned for Talk of the Towns with your host, Ron Beard. Good morning, and welcome to Talk of the Towns here on WERU. We try to go beyond the headlines to make sense of the issues facing Maine communities, to share what works, to seek alternative solutions. Talk of the Towns is produced with support from Cooperative Extension, the major educational outreach program of the University of Maine with offices statewide. Cooperative Extension puts knowledge to work with the people of Maine. And like WERU, whose mission is to be a voice of many voices, operates out of a sense that everyone benefits when we share our knowledge, our experience, our concerns, and our perspectives. We're about to practice the magic of community radio, in which those of us in the studio and you who are listening create a dialogue that we hope will be of benefit to our friends, our neighbors, and colleagues. I hope you'll stay with us for the next hour and talk of the towns. Every day, it seems, we learn about new technology that will help us do our work, stay connected with the world, and entertain ourselves. And like any advancement, it isn't always easy to prevent unintended consequences like cyberbullying. In our program this morning, we'll learn more about cyberbullying and how young people, parents, and educators are working to prevent it. As always, your questions and experience and insights will be welcome a little later on when we open up our, our phone-in numbers. Happy to have um, some folks in the studio who will help us with the topic of cyberbullying, including Kelly Mitchell. Um, and Kelly is the educational coordinator at Down East Health Services. Welcome to Talk of the Towns, Kelly. Thanks for having me. Tell us a little bit about um, uh, Down East Health. Um, um, Down East Health is a nonprofit organization that represents um, Hancock and Washington counties. Um, I am the educa education coordinator for that establishment, and um, I work with um, some fine students from Sumner High School who have been working with me on a pretty um, heavy topic mm. in this area, um, which we'll get a little more into later. Great. Well, let's ha have some um, of the students introduce themselves. We'll uh, start with Michael Haynes. Uh, Michael, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, my name is Michael Haynes. I attend Sumner Memorial High School. I'm a senior this year. Uh, I like this program and working with the kids, and I like working with Kelly. It's nice to work with my friends, too. Great. Josh? Hi, my name is Josh Ring. I'm a senior at Sumner High School. This program has done a lot for me in the past two years, and working with my friends is also a big bonus. Great. Emily? Hi, I'm Emily Ingalls. I'm also a senior at Sumner, and this program has really opened a lot of doors for me, and I found uh, out a lot about myself along with working with my friends. Great. Hi, I'm Emily Havey. I'm also a senior at Sumner High School, and I love working with all the, my friends, mm -hmm. and it's a great program. Great. And Chris? Hi, my name's Chris Haynes. Um, I'm a junior at Sumner High School. I'm going to go to college to be a physical trainer, and I love being able to work with my own brother and my friends as well. Oh, that's great. I'm so glad that you could all be with us this morning and um, help us with this, uh, understand a topic that has been with us for a long time as, a, as, as just bullying. We've always had bullies in our world, and, and, and we've kind of, kind of tried to figure out how to deal with that topic, but now we have cyberbullying. So, Kelly, um, how did you first get started in, in thinking about cyberbullying? Um, cyberbullying really came to a head for me, um, not just as a professional, but as a mother, um, when I was turning on my, my TV at home, and mm. I was seeing... Um, kids at very young ages um, taking their own lives because of comments and um, things that were being said to them um, through technology. And um, as a mom and as an educator, I felt like I, I had to do something about this. So um, I went to my program director and we decided that um, a cyberbullying program was a proper course of action to start getting into our local schools and talking to our kids about the things the internet's great for, but also the risks and the benefits that are out there. Um, and really educating kids on the power of kind words and mm. how when we're online, we have a responsibility just as if we're in person. 
um, you know, to say things and be appropriate to people, it, it matters. Mm. So that was my standpoint with that. So kind words, um, that seems to be an appropriate strategy, whether you're talking about um, the internet or whether you're talking about just life on the playground. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that was the, um, I think the form I really wanted to stick with is that I didn't want to just focus merely on being kind online. The message um, was I really wanted kids to understand that words can impact you whether you're online or on the playground. Mm. And it was really reminding kids that we all have a responsibility to ourselves and to each other to be nice. Mm. So um, what what um, you're doing is working with older students who are then working with younger students. Correct. That's, what a great model. I mean, I think it's a, it's a pr- proven model. Tell us a little bit about um, the skit um, and then introduce the, the skit and we'll go with it. Sure. Um, the program um, that was set up and actually started running last year is actually called Have You Filled a Bucket Today? Um, obviously, as an um, education coordinator, I really felt strongly about providing um, a way to perform and give kids material at a younger age. So um, this skit is actually targeted for grades K through 3, and I'm going to turn it over now to my puppeteers, and they will be performing Have You Filled a Bucket today. All day long, everyone in the whole wide world walks around carrying an invisible bucket. Hi, my name is Monkey, and I have a bucket. Hi, my name is Roxy, and I have a bucket too. You can't see it, but it's there. You have a bucket. Your mom and dad each have a bucket. Your sister and brother have a bucket. My teacher, Miss Tree Branch, has a bucket, and she is so nice. Hey, all my friends have buckets, too. I like to play games like tag and monopoly with my friends. That fills my bucket right up. Your grandparents, friends, and neighbors all have a bucket. Everyone carries an invisible bucket. Your bucket has one purpose only. Its purpose is to hold your good thoughts and good feelings about yourself. Hey, do you know what, monkey? What? It's important to feel good about yourself. If you don't like and feel good about yourself, it's hard to like and feel good about others. Aw, it's great to feel special, and it's great to make others feel special, too. You feel very happy and good when your bucket is full, and you feel very sad and lonely when your bucket is empty. Other people, other people feel the same way too. They're happy when your their buckets are full and they're sad when their buckets are empty. It's great to have a full bucket and this is how it works. You need other people to fill your bucket and other people need to fill theirs. So how do you fill a bucket? Roxy, what do you do to be a bucket filler? Well, I ask my friends to play with me. I always say please and thank you and sometimes I just give people a smile. You fill a bucket when you show love to someone, when you say or do something kind, or even when you give someone a smile. That's being a bucket filler. A bucket filler is a loving, caring person who says or does nice things that make others feel special. When you make someone feel special, you are filling a bucket. Being a bucket filler is such an important job, isn't it, Roxy? Why, yes it is. But you can also dip into a bucket and take out some good feelings. You dip in into a bucket when you make fun of someone, when you say or do mean things, or even when you ignore someone. That's being a bucket dipper. Hey, I know what that feels like. My friend steals my favorite tree branch, and it makes me feel so angry. It's okay, monkey, to be angry, but maybe you should tell your friend how you feel when he steals your favorite tree branch. What a great idea, Roxy. A bully is a bucket dipper. A bucket dipper says or does mean things that make others feel bad. Many many bucket dippers have an empty bucket. They think they think they can fill their own bucket by dipping into someone else's, but that will never work. You never fill your own bucket when you dip into someone else's. But guess what? When you fill someone else's bucket, you fill your own bucket too. You feel good when you help others feel good. Roxy, I love your hair. Aw, thank you. What a great bucket filler you are. All day long, we are either filling up or dipping into each other's buckets by what we say and what we do. Try to fill a bucket and see what happens. 
You love your mom and dad, why not tell them you love them? You can even tell them why. Your caring words will fill their buckets right up. Watch for smiles to light up their faces. You will make you will you will feel like smiling too. A smile is a good clue that you have filled a bucket. Cheese. <laughs> if you practice, you'll become a great bucket filler. Just remember that everyone carries an invisible bucket and think of what you can say or do to fill it. Here are some ideas for you for you. You could smile and say hi to the bus driver. He has a bucket, too. You could invite the new kid at school to play with you. Hey, Roxy, does that mean I can only play with new friends? No, no, Froggy, you can play with everyone. You could write a thank you note to your teacher. You could tell your grandpa that you like to spend time with him. There are many ways to fill a bucket. I'm going to do that today. I love my grandpa. He is so special. He fills my bucket right up. Bucket filling is fun and easy to do. It just it doesn't matter how long or, or how young or how old you are. It doesn't cost any money. It doesn't take much time. And remember, when you fill someone someone else's bucket, you fill your own bucket too. When you're a bucket filler, you make your home your school, and your neighborhood, better places to be. Bucket filling makes everyone feel good. It makes me feel great to be a bucket filler. Me too. So why not decide to be a bucket filler today and every day? Just start each day by saying to yourself, I'm going to do something to fill someone's bucket today. And at the end of each day, ask yourself, did I fill a bucket today? And that's you. Great. Well, my bucket feels very full, <laughs> and I'm sure that our listeners are feeling the same way. You're tuned to Talk of the Towns here on WERU. That's a skit um, coming from the book, um, Have You Filled Your Bucket Today? And it's the part of a program that Kelly Mitchell and her uh, peers at, um, at Downey's Health Services are, are um, working with local schools. And in the studio with us, we have um, students from Sumner High School, Emily Havey, Josh Ring, Michael Haynes, Emily Ingalls, and Chris Haynes. And they've just uh, performed that. I'd like to ask them some questions about um, um, how this plays out. Uh, you're, you're using this kind of skit, and you do have puppets. We didn't bring them today, but um, you do have uh, puppets. Um, so I want to get some sense of how students that you've performed this for react um, to that. So um, first of all, um, Emily Ingalls, um, why do you feel this skit and all of this work on, on cyberbullying is important? Well, it's very important to teach kids about bullying at an early age so that when they get into like sixth or seventh grade, they know how to treat people with respect and how to be nice to others. And that's really like the message we're trying to send. Because I mean, nowadays in like sixth or seventh grade, you see, you can see bullying at school or bullying online. And we're hope, ho hoping that if we can get kids at an early age, they can use like the technology appropriately so that we have less bullying. Mm. So the, the idea of, of introducing the bucket is a way for kids to really get what this is all about. Yes, it's about doing good deeds every day, so right. you fill up your bucket. Right. Well, Josh Ring, um, you've worked with this skit for a while. How has this skit and the overall program on uh, cyberbullying impacted you? What's, what's been the impact on yourself? Well, this program has impacted me by uh, becoming a role model to kids that I never realized I could be. As a younger kid, I was bullied, and I also bullied some kids that were littler than me. Mm. And going through all of this has shown me that I can help kid, younger kids out so they didn't have to be that kid that I was when I was younger. And also, I'm helping myself out because I feel better about myself helping these students. Mm. Do you remember um, any particular incident when you were a kid and being bullied? Uh, yeah, when I, I was on the bus one day, uh, I, I was... <laughs> quite a chunky kid when I was little. Uh -huh. So uh, I was on the bus, and one of the older kids, he was in 7th or 8th grade, and he decided he would call me fat and a bunch of other names. Sure. And he did it for the whole year. Uh -huh. so. And did you feel like you had any, any, any ally in that? Could you tell anybody? No, I, did, I didn't think I could tell anyone. Mm. So you're hoping that, that when you do this skit, one of the messages is that you can tell people. Yes. Mm. Great.
Great. Um, let's move to um, Emily uh, Havey. Um, what do you think that the, this program has done for the kids that you've done it for, the, the young people? I think it's helped to teach children at a younger age that bullying isn't right and that how to be kind to others. Um, it shows them to be able to be comfortable with expressing their feelings and to ask for help if they need it. Also to make kids realize that being nice to others not only makes the other pe person feel good, but it also makes them feel good about themselves. Mm. And do you, do you remember any particular kid that, um, that has been to, to one of your productions that, that really you, you, th you think, you suspect that this really made a difference for? There were a lot of kids. They all are very interactive and talkative mm -hmm. and tell a lot about what they're thinking. Mm -hmm. And how about you? When, when you were um, younger, did you see bullying happening? And, and what was your reaction to that bullying early on? Um, I saw bullying when I was younger. I never really thought anything of it. Mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. and, and what do you think, if you could go back and you saw that bullying as, as kind of a young adult, would you do anything different, do you think? I think I would. I'd try to stick up for people more because I know now right. what it's like. Right. So that sticking up is something that we can all do for one another. Sometimes it feels scary. I'm sure that if you had a friend there that had seen that thing on the bus, they probably would have felt pretty scared about sticking up for you. Yes. But it's the one thing that we can do as, as other human beings is to stick up for one another. Yeah, yeah. Another question, um, this one for Chris Haynes. Um, what do you enjoy about the puppet program? Well, personally, the looks on the kids' faces and their smiles as they react to the puppets is what I love the most about the puppet program. I also love how well it affects the children we talk to. All the kids are very respectful to us and their classmates. I love this program because... It's a lot of fun to be a part of it, and it reminds me of being in grammar school. Yourself? Myself, yeah. 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 At the last school I went to, I made many connections with kids, so that made it a really fun time. Being a part of their group, like I felt as if I was one of them, was definitely a great experience for me. I couldn't be more happy to be in this program. Mm, that's great. Um, describe the puppets. Who, who can describe the puppets? We don't have them here, but what do they look like? How do they kind of you know, engage students? Well, we have a seal. Which seal is uh, Michael and Chris's favorite. <laughs> we have a monkey who looks like a gorilla, and it's missing one eye. <laughs> <laughs> we have Roxy. She's a little short, young girl, uh, red curly hair. We have Norton. He's a black-haired little kid <laughs> with freckles all over. And then we have Norton's brother. Uh, I don't, Sonny, and he's. The reason we call him Sonny is hair is the color of the sun. Uh-huh. <clears throat> so we didn't have all of those characters portrayed today. How would you actually do the skits? Um, how would all of those characters get involved? Well, the two girls, Emily and Emily, they, they use Monkey and Roxy. The boys would bring in the other ones, and as we walk around with the students, we would let them hold them and just interact with the puppets. Uh -huh. And what do you think puppets do um, for kids? What is it um, that, that, how do they relate to puppets versus you as, as your older young people? What do you think? Well, I think that the puppets really help the kids pay attention more. Like they want to be more into the program with the puppets because they like to pay attention to them. They're like little animals or uh -huh. they're almost real people to them, like friends. So that definitely plays a big role in them paying attention. Right. Get I mean, the point across. Uh, most most kids have had the experience of having some kind of a stuffed animal or mm -hmm. something exactly. that they kind of connect to that's kind of outside of the the human world. And so I think puppets are really a fascinating way to r remind people that they've always got someone to talk to. And and puppets, you're using puppets in that in that kind of way. We had another question um, uh, for um, Michael Haynes. What's challenging about this program? For me, the most challenging part is finding time. Uh, three of us are all seniors, and we have graduation. We have to apply to colleges. We have work, extracurricular activities like sports or show choir, stuff like that. Um, we we want to put a lot of effort into this. We don't want to just not not put enough effort into it, not make it right. So we need more time. The program is really good, and I don't I don't want to just not do it right. It is definitely all worth the work, but I wish we had just more time to put into the program. That's this is the most challenging part. We only get to do it during home rooms or lunches, and it's kind of difficult with only 20 minutes to put together a whole program and go to a bunch of schools and radio shows. Makes it hard. <laughs> That's right. Well, I'm glad that you found time and, and you've got permission to, to come here and help us here on Talk of the Towns. We are um, talking with students from Sumner High School, part of a program on cyberbullying. Um, uh, oh. Kelly Mitchell is, is w with us, and, and the students are Emily Havey, 
Josh Ring, Michael Haynes, Emily Ingalls, and Chris Haynes. Um, what one more question? I guess two more questions to, for all of you. Um, is there been anything surprising about being involved in this program? What surprised you about that? Anybody? Yeah. Um, again, I'd like to say like how much the kids love the puppets. Like I honestly do not think that this would go as well as we wanted it to without the puppets. They honestly see and feel the puppets as re- uh, real people, like friends to them. So it definitely helps get the point across with the puppets. Yep. So. Emily, what surprised you? Um, the most surprising to me was how expressive I can be with the puppets because I'm very shy and mm-hmm. quiet, but I find when I'm doing the puppet, I can be more out there. And oh, great. So you, you kind of come into to a different place um, by kind of being on stage with a puppet. Yeah. Oh, great. Emily, what about you? Um, I found it surprising how well the children respond to the activities that we would do. Like after performing, we... We give the kids an activity, and then we can talk with the kids on a really personal level and bring the puppets around to interact, and they get really into it, and they're very excited, and they just love doing the activities, and we join in with the activities with them, and it's a very special experience. Could you tell us one of those activities that you do with them? Um, uh, One of the activities we did was when we did this book, Have You Filled the Bucket Today, is we had little uh, buckets that were on a piece of paper, and we would have the children draw something in their bucket that is like special to them Mm. and we would go around and ask them like what's in your bucket and Mm -hmm. we'd bring the puppets with Mm -hmm. us and they would tell us about like their family or like what they like to do and you learn a lot about them. Mm -hmm. Do you remember some of the things that were in buckets? Anybody remember some of the things that they they put in their buckets? At the last school we were at one of the kids decided he would like to have KFC in his bucket. (laughs) (laughs) I really like that too. (laughs) (laughs) What else? What were in their buckets? Oh, uh, one, uh, one little girl put her whole family in her bucket. Another little boy put in uh, uh, mint ice cream with chocolate chips and <laughs> fishing and uh-huh. just a very variety. It never ends. And I was, I was expecting like a more limited, like I was expecting they put their friends, but it was just unlimited mm-hmm. with what they came up with, mm-hmm. and it was really enjoyable. So by asking that question, what's in your bucket, you're asking them to r- remind themselves about all the good things that they have in their lives yeah. so that when they get a little, when someone dips out of their bucket, mm-hmm. they can then go back in and say, oh, I've got some other things that will fill that up. That's exactly. great. How about um, you, uh, Josh? What, what surprised you about this, this program? The kids' focus was the most surprising part about uh, this program. Uh, as a younger kid, pre-K, first grade, I would have never paid attention that long. <laughs> no way. But uh, I believe that with the puppets, it brought them closer and they paid more attention. They, Like Chris said, they feel like they're real people. Uh-huh. So this notion that, um, that you can get people's attention by using different techniques... Um, that's really useful, and especially in our in our busy world, um, you know that um, advertisers are using lots of different techniques to get um, messages out. It means that you can use the same techniques to get a good message out. I think that's great that you've learned that. Um, um, how about you, uh, Michael? What um, what did you learn? What surprised me the most is I actually enjoy doing the puppet show. <laughs> I'm a 18 year old male, and I'll be honest. At first, I didn't think I'd enjoy going to smaller and em- elementary schools and talking to kindergartners through third grade, fourth grade. I didn't think I'd enjoy it. I thought I'd kind of dread it and feel like I was babysitting. But after I did it, I realized it was really fun and I enjoy talking to the kids and interacting with them. And it really surprised me. And what do you suppose that surprise is about? What, what, what did you learn about yourself in this? Well, I learned that I like to interact with kids, and at first I didn't think I would. I thought I'd kind of be annoyed by them almost, just feel like a mom or, a, to be honest, a babysitter. And uh-huh. it just surprised me that I actually liked uh-huh. interacting with them. Th- that they kind of looked up to you, perhaps. Yeah, and definitely. so that you felt like, oh, they're paying attention to me. I better, I better pay attention to them. Mm-hmm. Great. Great. So then um, the, the final question for all of you is, is what, it's, what is it meant to be a part of this overall program on cyberbullying? Um, yeah, go ahead. Um, that I can actually teach kids how to treat one another and, again, fill their buckets and how bullying is not right under any circumstances. As an older student, knowing about bullying, I can have a major impact on that because I've been through it. The kids should be able to tell on bullies and not feel that they would be called a tattletale and be made fun of. As a student, I know that kids are actually scared to go and tell an adult or a teacher because they feel that either those bullies will find out or other kids will call them a rat or a tattletale. So regardless if they're being made fun of or 
feel that they're not being treated equally, they should definitely go to an adult or teacher. Mm. Mm. So. What are some of the other uh, responses to that question about what it means to you personally to be part of this program? Emily? Um, I really wanted to do this program last year, so I'm really glad that I got the chance to do it this year. Uh, I love working with kids, and I've worked with kids in other programs that I've done, so it was really... Mm -hmm. So you're, you're, you observed the program last year, but you couldn't participate, so this, this is your chance. Yes. Great. How about you, Emily? Uh, well, it's just, this program means to me is just, like, it's been such a privilege to work with the kids, and you learn so much about yourself as well as with the kids, because you find when you're inter interacting with them, you're a little shy at first, but they just welcome you in without any, like, without a second thought. They want to be your friend. They want your approval. They want to talk to you. They want to tell you things. They just want to be your best friend, and mm. it's just so rewarding. Mm. So that, that, that notion that older kids um, have a real meaningful role in younger kids' lives, um, if we, we were in a, in a family that has multiple ages in, in, in the siblings, um, you begin to see that. But you, if, you're, if, you're, if you don't see that every day, um, to get into a classroom and, and they, they kind of look at you with, with um, respect and awe in with their awe, eyes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You've survived. Yep. <laughs> How about you? Well, this is my second year of doing this program, mm. and I feel that this program is really making a difference. And not just with the kids that I'm meeting this year, also with the kids I had last year. Mm. They can come to me and talk to me anytime they feel like when we're there. Mm -hmm. So as a, as a, as a, uh, an older um, young person, you're making a difference yes. in, in people's lives. Yep. Yeah, for me, like you kind of said, it's just nice to make a difference in these younger kids' lives. Yeah. Did, uh, did any of you think that you'll um, use this in thinking about um, further education or your careers, or how has this impacted your, your thoughts about the, your, your futures? Um, well, uh, I was planning on going into occupational therapy, and I wasn't really sure what age group or where I would want to work, if it would be in a hospital or a school. And now working with the kids, I'm sure I would enjoy working with the younger kids in a school because they're just so much fun and they always can surprise you and you're never bored. Mm -hmm. Could you use, see using puppets as part of occupational therapy? Uh, uh, not, well, it helps me develop the skills I need to, like, interact and, like, become friends and have them trust. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like you and so I will be able to use that as I'm older in my occupation so okay. that I can relate to them. Yeah. Anybody else um, think about how this might influence their future plans? Emily? I also want to be an occupational therapist oh. so I think that this will help me interact with kids because I want to work with kids when I grow up. Uh -huh. How about you guys? Any, any changes that you thought about? Go ahead. It's not really my career that I'm thinking about but if in the future, if I see someone getting bullied now, I'm going to stick up for them. Usually I just walk by or, uh, to be honest, I might even pick on them a little myself. I mean, but I've learned now that that's not right and that you should stand up for them. Mm -hmm. Anybody else? No. Uh, we have a phone call and we'll open up our phone lines a little bit more um, later on. But uh, w go ahead with your question or comment, please. Oh, good morning. I, I think it's great that uh, you all are doing that thing uh, with the puppets. Um, I don't know what my bucket is, <laughs> but uh, uh, you know, humor. Humor, in my experience, is, is a great motivator. Um, I, you know, as a red man in white America, that's one of my topics when I go to junior high schools and colleges. When I get the opportunity of speaking, what it's like to be Indian in white America, I, talk, I pretty much talked about those kind of issues, bullying. And uh, my experience is, I, bullying doesn't just happen in the junior high or Right, uh, high school sector. It happens also in the college and also in our society. Yes. Um, I remember the times that you mentioned earlier about anybody's experience. About uh, I'll, I'll share one of my episodes that happened to me. Um, going to a white man's school and they're calling me darky. It was just, it wasn't just guys. It was girls calling me darky and saying, "Oh, you savages are nothing but drunks." Blah blah blah. And it kept going on and on and on. And, I, you know, I'm a pretty big guy, and I just kind of, like, blew it off. You know, that old saying, sticks and stones mm -hmm. may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. But to re to, as the years gone by, I've, I've learned, still learning, because you never stop growing up and learning, is that there is bullying uh, in adults. Yes. I, I personally have seen guys and girls, just, you know, bullying other people and calling them derogatory names, and that's... You know, I, I think people need to police their own behavior. I think it's very good with the puppets. I, 
Um, I'm calling from Bangor, so I, I'm glad that uh, I got. Uh, I'm glad the radio station is, is, is on the air and <laughs> Great. really. But my point is, is that I, the, what you guys are doing in uh, whatever the summer high school, whatever that is, is um, is it? Uh, you guys are go. Are you possibly guys going to like uh, other high schools in the Bangor area? They could really use some type of filtering like that. Um, the, to, in the Bangor school systems, there's a lot of bullies in, in, in the Bangor area, not just in other you know counties. It's all over this country and world. But my point is, is that I, I'm glad and grateful that you people, uh, that uh, you guys are, are doing something that's productive because it's true. Smile and humor is a great motive. Even music is a great therapy. Um, and, and I love it. You know, there, I was never a smiler until, you know, I, I've been smiling a lot. I've been laughing a lot, and I think it's great. You know, when I see someone bullying somebody else, regardless of their color, um, I, I look at it, and, and, uh, and, and I, a few times, speak up and say, listen, you know, you know, you know cut the shenanigans out. That's not, that's not improper behavior. That's great. And, but anyway, I want to thank you all. Um, I would love to, that you guys, uh, you know, I don't know if you guys would go to Bangor school systems. I mean, they would benefit something like that, or even junior high, or even in a college sector, because right. there's a lot of bullying, not just in the school system, but also in the uh, uh, society we live in. I was wondering, the coordinator, a question that I'll hang up, a response. Um, are local um, officials involved in this? Are they are they are they pleased that this is going on, or or other counties getting involved? But anyway, I want to thank you and continue the puppets. I, I like the I like the gorilla. Uh, <laughs> I like, like they say, stop your grinning and drop the linen. I really I really like the gorilla with the one eye. But thank you anyway. Well, thank you. And thank it you. sounds like you've got some smiles and some music yeah, in your you know, bucket. Well, well, well. You know, I'm a musician and I love music. Go. I love the go. rock and roll. Okay. And, Thanks for your call this morning. Uh, Kelly, um, how how is this program being received, and and are there other allies in in Bangor and other places? Um, this program is being well received, um, obviously through the Hancock County region. Um, the goal, obviously, is program expansion. Um, but right now, I am um, one of the educators um, in the state that is really peddling this this program in particular. Um, I do know that there are other um, agencies throughout Maine that are doing similar-based programs, mm -hmm. but um, nothing quite like what I'm doing. So um, I know at the state level, in educators' meetings and such, um, hopefully there will be some talk about... Um, how we can make this program become a, you know, put it on a larger scale so there's a greater impact to right. communities. I believe we have another call. Um, go ahead, let's go ahead and take that call. Um, go ahead with your question or comment, please. Yes, go ahead. You still there? Go ahead, please. Good morning. This is Yo in Tremont. I wanted to follow up a little bit on the previous caller. Um, you do hear a lot of talk about how important it is to be nice and kind so as not to hurt other people's feelings. And yes, bullying is a terrible thing, but uh, as the previous caller mentioned, bullying is a facet of our modern society, and, and it exists everywhere at, at every age level. And I'm wondering if any thought has been given to training children not to feel bad just because a stupid person said something mean. Mm, Thanks so much for coming on the show today. Great, great. Um, Kelly, that must be part of the, 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 the hopes that you have, is that we develop some thicker skins and resistance to some of the bullying techniques. Um, yes, and I mean, obviously, um, one of the ways we're going about that is through the bucket, is to get kids to think back that there are so many things in their lives that are good, mm -hmm. and um, that every kid is unique and special in their own way, and really to take... Um, ownership in that and to be proud of the fact that we all come from different backgrounds yep. and we all have different interests and to be proud of who you are right. and um, to not let people get you down but you know that um, tough skin policy is really hard when you've got a kindergarten first grade kid mm -hmm. coming home and crying because they're being picked on by an eighth grader on the bus sure, so sure. um I'm so a the, little bucket, the, the bucket is the concept then the bucket is the concept right it's for them to understand that all of us have got this place it's invisible we all have it and there's things that make all of us feel good and right. it's different so that's the 
take-home message. That's great. Well, you're tuned to Talk of the Towns this morning. We're about halfway through our program. Um, we're talking about cyberbullying. Um, you just heard from Kelly Mitchell. Kelly is the education coordinator from Down East Health Services, and she brought students from Sumner High School, Emily Havey, Josh Ring, Michael Haynes, Emily Ingalls, and Chris Haynes. And uh, they've talked about their uh, their skit, the, the work that they're doing. We have some more phone calls, um, so let's go ahead and take uh, our first call and, and uh, find out where we might go with this with this program. Our phone numbers are 1-866-625-9378. That's 1-866-625-9378. I believe we have another phone call. Go ahead with your question or comment, please. Yes, uh, go, hi. Yes, go ahead. Hi, yeah, I mean, I've been in late, I don't know if he's mentioned this or not, but I'm wondering if the kids would go to the Blame House. I think there's uh, one or two people there that could use some lessons on bullying. Thank you for your call this morning. Um, I suppose that, that any of our, our, our uh, school-based kinds of activities do influence um, how things happen in Augusta. Uh, yes. Uh, you know, uh, hopefully that's the goal, is that this can be applied universally. Mm -hmm. um, our message, obviously, our focus point with this um, topic is younger students, but I think this message is important for adults as well. Right. I mean, right. there's. I think there's something all of us can pull from the message that we're trying to give. If we didn't learn it as kids, we have the opportunity to we learn it as We can learn it adults. now. Right. Absolutely. Um, I think we'll go right now to an interview that I did with one of my colleagues, Christy Willette. Christy is down in uh, uh, Sagadhawk uh, and Androscoggin counties. Um, she works for Cooperative Extension. I think we're ready for that interview. Go ahead. Uh, I'm joined now by Christy Willette, who is a colleague in Cooperative Extension. Christy, what's your role within Cooperative Extension? I'm a county-based faculty member with the Cooperative Extension, and I work primarily with the 4-H Youth Development Program and Family Development. So I work with kids, parents, and lots of volunteers. And tell us a little bit about the counties that you're working in. I work down in Androscoggin and Sagadahawk County, which is based in Lisbon Falls. Great. Well, how did you become interested in cyberbullying, and, and what led you to, to develop a bulletin on the topic? Sure. I have been doing bullying prevention for the last 10 years. So prior to coming to Extension, I did school-based bullying prevention programs in all of the schools in Androscoggin County. And this fall, I noticed that there was a lot of cyberbullying issues happening in the media. And I work with a group of teen leaders here in Androscoggin and Sagadaha counties, and we were talking about issues that teens were facing today, and that was one of the issues that came up over and over in our meetings. So uh, I decided that UMaine didn't have any publications around cyberbullying, and it's an issue that parents really need to talk to kids about at a really young age because kids are on the Internet all of the time, and that's kind of how the bulletin came to be. You, in the bulletin, um, you make the point, and um, maybe some of our other guests will make the same point, that, that adults seem to think of the Internet as a place to go to get information, and kids seem to think of it's a place to go. <laughs> tell, yeah, us absolutely. A, tell us a little bit about how that um, difference in how um, children and um, adults look at the Internet um, f f plays into the, the notion of cyberbullying. For kids, the Internet really isn't a place. It's, it's part of who they are. It's part of their identity. And a recent study that was done by the Kaiser Foundation in 2010 shows that kids are spending approximately 7.5 hours on the Internet. And in that 7.5 hours, they're cramming in 10 and a half hours of time. So they're multitasking. They're on Facebook. They're texting with their friends. They're using their webcams to Skype and chat. And it's really kind of their center of their socialization. We think as adults, well, they go to school, and that's where they talk to their friends. But really, the Internet is the place where kids are doing a lot of their communication and building a lot of social skills. The uh, bulletin makes a number of points that parents can, can use to think about working with their young people around the issue of cyberbullying. Give us a couple of those points, if you could remember them. Sure. I think probably the number one thing is to talk to your kids about the Internet and letting them know that the Internet, when you put something on the Internet, it stays there forever. It's important for adults to kind of know and monitor what their kids are doing online and talk to them about the friends that they make on the Internet and ask them about the conversations and the things that they're doing. You make the point in the bulletin that um, parents should think of, about um, when they see their uh, child go out um, on an evening, um, on a weekend or something, they ask them where they're going and who they're going to be with. Uh, you make this, the point that the same question should be applied to their use of the Internet. 
Absolutely. Parents need to be informed. And I think the hard thing with the Internet and technology in general is that our kids are really, really far ahead of where adults are. And it's important. You wouldn't let your child go out with a stranger if they were going out for the weekend. So you need to make sure that you're having the same kinds of conversations and know who their friends are online and know what they're doing online. You've mentioned your work with this uh, teen council. What are some of the ways that, that you're working with them around this topic? We do a lot around Internet safety, and we've been talking a lot about kind of on Facebook, a lot of teens feel the need to post every single thing that they're doing and post all the pictures of everything that they're doing. So we spend a lot of time talking about what that means and when they're going to college or if they're applying for a job that a lot of employers and college admissions counselors actually Google Facebook accounts to see what kind of kids are coming and applying <laughs> to their school. So it's right. really important that they're thinking of it as part of their own kind of, it's a social profile, so they need to think of it as their reputation. And that must be a little hard for teens. They don't necessarily um, think in those kind of long-term views that you're expressing. No, they definitely don't have the ability to think about the future. They're very immediate, and they don't think about how the decisions they're making today could impact five, ten years down the road. As you talk about this uh, topic with adults, what are some of their responses? They are usually pretty blown away. Um, a lot of the things that we talk about around cyberbullying is new information for families and parents and providers. And I think, in the most part, people are really hungry for this kind of information, and they want to know how they can protect their kid, but also not be an overbearing parent and feel like they don't trust their kid. So it's a really fine balance. Sure. Well, thanks so much for being with us. Tell us where uh, people can get um, this kind of information, um, including the, the publication that you've put together. Sure. Our publication is available on our publication website, which is extensionpubs.umext.main.edu, and you just have to search for Understanding Cyberbullying. Great. Well, thanks for being with us this morning on Talk of the Towns. Thank you. That was uh, Christy Willette. Um, she's a, a colleague of mine with Cooperative Extension down in, in uh, Androscoggin and Sagadhawk counties in Lisbon Falls. And um, Kelly, perhaps you have some thoughts and reactions um, to um, what you heard from, from Christy. Um, I agree with everything she has mm -hmm. said, actually, to be honest with you. Um, one of the key messages that um, in communicating with um, especially middle, you know, middle age kids and high school kids, um, we get lots of questions regarding application processes and um, how that can impact kids when applying to post-secondary, you know, education. Mm -hmm. And I believe the statistic is one in four applications are potentially being screened by College Board. So um, kids need to be aware that um, their applications, um, you know, for admission into schools could potentially be looked at and um, Google to see what social networking sites kids are utilizing and what type of information is out there about kids. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's a point that all kids and parents need to know. Um, the other message that I communicate with kids is public and permanent. Um, I think sometimes we forget that we type on this computer and we send it out into cyberspace and, oh, it's gone. It's never gone. It's there for forever. And I think sometimes we forget that a message that we can put on at you know, 13, 14 years old or a picture could come back to potentially get you at you know, 2025. Mm -hmm. um, it's scary to think that um, that type of Im impact can be as long-lasting. And the Internet is, um, is a great tool, but it's also a tool that should be used wisely and cautiously because we never know what information can surface about something that we put in print. So when, when you're dealing with um, the, both young people and, and the students that you're working with, how do you um, introduce um, or, or make the transition from regular bullying and filling the bucket and keeping the bucket full and avoiding bucket dippers? How do you move that into awareness of what's happening on the Internet? Sure. The focus is um, we talk about cyber citizenship, yeah. um, really being a responsible citizen in cyberspace. And um, the message that we communicate with kids is that whether you're in person or whether you're on the computer, it's never okay to do that. 
um, talking meanly in person is not okay, and talking meanly on the internet is not okay. It has the same impact. Um, I find kids very often will choose the root of the computer because it's the easiest form. Uh, you don't have to look at someone in the face, and you don't have to tell them. You don't get to see those expressions. Whereas a computer, you've got you're looking at a screen. You don't get to see the the kid's face. So I think that's why kids turn to that. And now with all the different um, technologies that are coming along with Facebook, like Foam Spring, and um, it leaves What's that, that. I don't know what that is. What um, Foam Spring? Yeah, Foam Spring. It's a it's a link that can be used with Facebook. Um, that, um, for example, if Michael and I were friends, um, I could post things um, anonymously on his wall. So it's another way to kind of indirectly um, go after somebody, which now kids are finding ways to come around that. So Facebook is, you know, there are different ways now. So I don't directly have to get on Michael's page if I want to insult him. Mm. I can do it anonymously. Mm. So we're noticing that um, that technology is getting, you know, more and more serious and in it's it's sad to see that kids are being able to access other ways in which to to harm people. So. Are you are you students seeing some of that um, in your own lives? The, the use of of uh, the internet to um, to bully. Um, do you see that? What kinds of things are you seeing, <coughs> Emily? Uh, more like I hear about it because personally I don't have a Facebook because okay. I hear about all the drama and everything that goes on and all the posting and really it is a pretty like. If people want to go after someone, like to bully, it's pretty much what the best way they think to do it. And they get creative and they find different ways to do it. And it's sad to think that all that creativity is put is being put into something that like awful mm -hmm. to like hurt someone. Right. I mean, I can remember notes being passed and something bad about someone in a note. Right. But what you're doing, uh, what you're observing is that this happens on the internet, so it's available to anybody it's to see. public. Right, right. Any of, of the rest of you kind of experiencing some of yeah, this? Yeah, actually, personally, on Forum Spring, I was actually hanging out with a friend who was a girl, and somebody on Forum Spring was saying, oh, I can't believe you're hanging out with him, meaning me, and hanging out with another guy. I'm not going to say names, but was pretty much saying that she was swaying or leading both of us on at the same time when actually in all reality we were both just friends, mm -hmm. which just started a big mess because then everybody started to believe that she was leading two guys on at once and then everybody was putting in their two cents about it. So I think that exactly like Kelly said is that form swing is just an easier way to make fun of somebody without knowing who it actually is. It could actually be like one of your really good friends saying mm -hmm. how they feel. So, mm. so this notion of a cyber citizenship, um, that these kinds of, of, of skills you need as a citizen and in the rest of life need to apply to the internet. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And mm -hmm. that's the message we want to keep um, hitting home with kids is that um, the internet is a great tool and it can be used for so many great things. But um, bullying is not one of them. Mm. Um, it's never okay to just hop online and air your dirty laundry <clears throat> and tell everyone, you know, what you think of somebody else, uh, you know. And what's, what's scary is that, um, you know, we're, we're seeing kids with, you know, for example, Facebook accounts, we're seeing kids with five, six, seven hundred friends. So that goes to another level in which do those kids really know everybody mm -hmm. uh, that are on their Facebook accounts? So you're really opening yourself up to, uh, you know, a potentially volatile situation. Right. And that's and as scary. the point that uh, Christy Willette made, you probably, as, a, as an adult, you wouldn't let your kids hang out with strangers. But the Internet, you don't know. You don't Absolutely. Know, right? um, I think I'll remind listeners that they can call with their questions, their experience, or their, or their uh, thoughts about cyberbullying this morning on Talk of the Towns, 1-866-625-9378. Give us a call. Speak with our guests, um, Kelly Mitchell of the Downey's Health Services and the students that she's brought from Sumner High School. Um, one eight six 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 two five nine three seven eight. As you've been working on this issue, bullying in, in, and and then cyberbullying, what are some of the reactions you get from adults um, in your lives? Um, what, what are your your parents, your grandparents? How are they reacting to to your involvement in this, Emily? Um, well, my my parents and I, I. My mom always wants to know what's going on at school. And even though I don't have a Facebook, I still hear about all this stuff because it's really circulating around school. And when I tell her about, like, Facebook and people posting things, she's just in awe. Like, how can people, like, do that? It's really scary mm. knowing that you can have 700 or so friends and really not know who they are. And it's kind of it's leaving themselves wide open for 
getting hurt in something and my grandparents are really they don't know anything about it and they personally I don't think they would want to know really because mm-hmm. they don't understand they're back like when when they were in school it was more like less cases and it wasn't as creative right. our guess or as complicated as it is now so right. it just really they don't understand so it seems like you're you're ambassadors to younger people but you could also be ambassadors to older people who might not understand um, the impact that the the internet has on people's lives right. um, so um, Kelly what would what would some of the messages you want for parents to understand about the use of the internet and their young people um, don't be afraid to ask your kids questions mm-hmm. um, is definitely a message I hit home with parents a lot Um, Some of our best teachers are our own children. Um, They're using these forms of technology in school every day. So they're into this this form of technology. So don't be afraid to ask your kids for help. Um, The best teacher is our children. Um, sit down and ask them to teach you. If you don't know about Facebook, ask them, you know, how do I set up an account? What does it look like? What does this mean? Um, by asking those questions, it opens up a conversation and a dialogue. And that's what I'm trying to encourage uh, with parents is the dialogue with kids is important. The more we talk to our kids, the more we're going to know. And essentially, the more we're going to prevent, um, hopefully, for our children in mm-hmm. terms of them being at risk. Um, the other thing um, that I try to um, get parents to understand is that we can't use not understanding as an excuse any longer. Um, as a parent, it's a responsibility um, of ours to make sure that we do understand what's going on with our children. Um, I, I have three kids myself, and I can't turn my shoulder anymore. Um, this is technology is here. It's going to get bigger. It's going to get faster. It's going to get better. And um, I have that obligation to my kids to make sure that I'm at least understanding um, what's happening mm-hmm. in their lives so I can hopefully help them make um, better choices, um, whether they're in person or online. Right. And how about um, uh, educators? How about teachers? Um, what message do you want them to, to kind of walk away with? Uh, for teachers, um, the one thing I really want to hit home with them is that um, telling and tattling is is language that we can no longer use with kids. Um, I think we, when we're giving kids um, the apples and you know the um, iBooks and all of that stuff, we're providing them with a resource. In turn, they also have to be that resource to that child. Um, when when that stuff is happening in our class, we we can't turn the cheek. We have to engage and we have to solve those problems because um, we've had several students sitting here today telling you, um, I think a majority of kids don't feel like they can go to their teachers or their administrators about what's going on in their school. And sometimes we even notice, um, we hear stories of um, teachers engaging in student bullying. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, it's really sad to know that that's kind of what the societal struggle is right now. And um, I think teachers really need to step up too and understand that they have a re- responsibility to our students mm-hmm. um, to protect them. Yeah. How about you students? What would you want um, uh, other adults and other uh, teachers to to know about the work that you're doing and the the role of of technology and and bullying, how those things connect? Any any thoughts about that? They're thinking. They're thinking. You can think, too. We've got time for a couple more phone calls if you'd like. 1-866-625-9378 as we talk about preventing cyberbullying, taking the notion that... uh, all people um, deserve to, to uh, live a good life and, and that bullying isn't part of that. Yeah. Um, the other thing I think we had referenced parents, the one thing um, I just want to remind parents of is um, check your kid's history and check it often. And, what do you um, mean by that you, in terms of online? Yeah, online. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that's a question we get from parents a lot is um, how can I ensure my child's safety? One of the things is to make sure um, that we're really paying attention to what our kids are accessing online. So checking your kid's history is really important. And if parents don't know how to check a history on a computer, they better find out. They do. Yeah, okay. Control-H is a great thing. Okay. Two simple keys. We have another phone call. Let's go ahead and take that. Go ahead with your question or comment, please. Hi, um, this is Elaine in Surrey, and I just came late to your show. I tuned in about 15 minutes ago, and I think it's wonderful. Um, and I just had a comment. Um, when I read about cases of cyberbullying, um, as in, you know, um, that um, the person who filmed their roommate in that situation at the, the college there, I forget where it happened. It was down in Virginia, I think. And, you know, you can under- kind of understand something maybe happening once, but... When these things get reposted and reposted, I just I don't understand. Maybe some of the panelists there can enlighten me. You know how people cannot have enough empathy to realize that they're doing something incredibly mean. 
and incredibly hurtful to someone. Mm -hmm. And there seems to be an empathy deficit among younger people. Um, I, I hate to sound so cynical, um, but um, maybe, maybe some of you could comment on that. Mm. Tell us a bit what you mean by empathy. Um, you know, not being able to understand that this could have devastating consequences mm. for someone that maybe you don't even know, and you're just passing along this, you know, this video or something that someone posted, mm. you know? Right. And why would you do that? I, I, don't, I don't understand. I, don't, I hate to... Um, no, that's a that's a great question. I, and I th let's see what uh, reactions we can get. But thanks thank so much you. for your call. Um, in regards to that, I do feel like there's a disconnect with kids. I think um, they truly think nothing will become of this. This isn't that serious. Mm -hmm. um, it's just a joke is something that I hear quite often, um, just being working with kids and being in the classroom setting. So I don't think kids truly understand the consequences of their actions mm -hmm. and how impacting those actions can potentially be to, to society. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, we're seeing a lot more of this. And uh, sadly, I don't think it's going away. Um, and I keep saying to educators and to parents, um, we're hearing all of these stories that are happening outside of our state. It's really not going to hit home until it hits local. Mm. So this notion, um, and I'll ask uh, the students here, um, when you see something online that um, might um, be considered cyberbullying, how do you help other students understand that, oh, there's an impact there? How do, you, how, do you, how do you put, the caller was asking, how do you be empathetic? How do you put yourselves in the mind of the person who's being bullied? Um, and think about the impact. H how would you talk about that, Emily? Well, um, honestly, uh, all the cyberbullying, I kind of view it as like a competition. Like one person who's bullying wants to have like a video or something better than the next person to make it a bigger mm -hmm. hit or something mm -hmm. like that. So it's sort of an ongoing thing. But like among my peers and other people, I think it's uh, often to just like just exercise a healthy like respect and just treat others the way you want to be treated because mm -hmm. really honestly that's all we can pretty much ask for mm -hmm. is just be nice and fill a bucket and just try to like maybe give off some of the positive energy and try to uh, set it examples and just mm -hmm. so just like you might on a playground you might say to someone who you observe bullying that's not cool um, please stop that. That hurts somebody. That right. kind of language. You could give that back to your the friends who are posting these things. Right. You're, you're not posting because you're not on Facebook. No. <laughs> but but um, some of the rest of you could. Other thoughts about how you help people understand the possible impacts of bullying, whether it's in person or on, on cyberspace. How do you help people? Do you tell your own story? What it, was, what it was like when you were bullied? Or do you remind them of when they were bullied? How, how do you help them understand what the impacts might be? I don't think you can really make them understand how you feel, but just think about how you would feel if you were in their shoes. Just take two seconds out of your day and think about how you would feel if someone did that to you. And if it would be hurtful to you, why would you do it to someone else? Great, great response. And, and that really is um, so helpful is to put yourself in their shoes or their, their experience. Great, great. Well, it's, 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 we're wrapping up. Um, uh, Kelly, how would people learn more about um, this, this work and this program and how to get in touch with you? Sure. Um, obviously, we can have access online. Um, we have a website that's up and going. So um, we've got several of our programs and services listed right out online. So um, downeasthealth.org is a way to access. Um, we are still booking presentations even though our schedule is pretty much booked up for the school year. However, uh, this is a program that will continue in the fall. So if people are looking for services for their school, they can contact me at my office, 667-5304, extension 278. Great. And um, the, the, you're going to Deer Isle next? Uh, what are you going to do in Deer Isle, Emily? What are you, what? Uh, we're going to run our show and uh, I think there's a big uh, it's it's a wellness assembly. yeah it's a wellness, wellness fair day okay. it is and we're gonna do a bunch of activities with the kids and bring around the puppets and just basically usually what we do in a classroom but to on a greater scale great great what are, what are you looking forward to you're you're kind of winding down your school year but what are you looking forward to very briefly what what are your hopes for this work work your way around the the, the microphone. I just hope, like my brother being a junior, I hope this keeps going on year after year and it just gets on a larger scale and more people realize what we're trying to do and make a difference. Josh? 
I hope that over the next couple years we can get a bigger group of kids together to do this and make an even bigger impact on the younger kids. Great. Emily Ingalls? Uh, yep, exactly. Get more kids involved and also have more of an effect on the younger generation so that maybe in turn they can do some teaching themselves and look back and remember this experience. Great. Emily Havey? I think we definitely need to get more people involved and hopefully we can really help kids. Great. More. Chris? Yeah, just do it as much as we can and just make kids happy by bringing in puppets and reading them stories and maybe just give them a little break from school and have fun and but at the same time be learning a really good lesson for later on in life. Great. Well, thank you all for being with us. We've come to that time when I want to remind you that this program was produced with support from Cooperative Extension and the Hancock County Extension Association. With offices in each county, Cooperative Extension is the major educational outreach program of the University of Maine. Our radio collaboration with WERU began in 1990 and continues with your support. Join us from 10 to 11 on the second and fourth Friday mornings of each month for Talk of the Towns. Our theme music is a medley from Coronac on a Belmain House Highland music recording. Thanks again to our guests in the studio, Kelly Mitchell, the education coordinator from Down East Health Services, and the students that she brought with you. Emily, I mean, uh, last word. Um, thanks for having us, and uh, please contact us with any of your presentation needs for your schools. Great. The students are Emily Havey, Josh Ring, Michael Haynes, Emily Ingalls, and Chris Haynes. We also thank Christy Willett from Cooperative Extension um, for being with us um, by tape. Thanks to our underwriters, thanks to Joel Mann for engineering our program, and stay tuned for On the Wing with Joel Raymond. This is Ron Beard, your host for Talk of the Towns, wishing you a good morning.